to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode 15. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about truly what might be the worst sports day ever, uh, in which took place about a week ago. Uh, we talk about the Rose Bowl. Talk about Donovan Mitchell absolutely going off for 71 points. Talk about the Monday night game, fantasy football, end with a little NBA recap. And uh, I have to sneak in a little New Jersey Devils because... Well, I have to, and I want to, so I'm going to. Uh, how is everybody? I hope you all had another great week. We have to start at the top and talk about everything that happened last Monday night game uh, with the Bengals and the Bills. Absolutely insane, absolutely horrifying, everything all rolled into one. I'm not going to say anything that you haven't heard about it already. We just got to talk about it for a sec because, A, thank goodness he's okay. Hamlin is showing signs that he is slowly progressing back to normal. Who knows what his future holds, but it looks like he is healthy and is going to be with us. And that really, at the end of the day, is all that matters. So to take a step back of where we were, we went over to my wife and I um, and our daughter. We went over to our friends Jake and Witt's house. As you all know, my fantasy football, I almost feel dumb talking about my fantasy football setup here because it really doesn't matter. But I'm just going to tell you what happened anyway. So we go over to their house right as we're about to walk out the door. I'm a weird, superstitious person, right? If you remember, I had a 26-point lead heading into Monday night. The guy I'm playing against has Joe Burrow. And we're about to walk out the door. I asked my wife. I'm like, hey, I love Joe Burrow. I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. I have a Joe Burrow Bengals jersey. I say, hey, I want to kind of throw off the juju here. I need some some good juju. I'm going to wear a Joe Burrow jersey just to see, just to mix it up. She's like, yeah, you should. So I change into that. We go over to our friends, Jake and Witt's house. We literally get there and we start talking right at, right around kickoff ish. We see Joe Burrow throw a touchdown and we start talking and, and my buddy Jake's like, wait, aren't you rooting against Joe Burrow? Why are you wearing a Joe Burrow Jersey? We start laughing. I make the dumb comment I made on my podcast last week about, Hey, I don't ever root for injuries, but if he happened to like tweak his ankle and just couldn't finish the game this week, I wouldn't be mad. Right. As I say that, uh, the Hamlin play happens. And we honestly, when it first happened, obviously it was terrifying seeing him fall back like that. You knew something was wrong, but at the same time, this has never happened before, right? Like they've never canceled a football game. Uh, I, I know just a handful of other times they've actually had to like perform CPR and the defibrillators, all that stuff on the field. So that's not what I thought happened. I maybe thought it was a, a head thing, a concussion thing, Speaking with my sister-in-law, who's a nurse, she says she knew right away that it had to do something with his breathing and his blood circulation. I didn't know that. So I saw Hamlin fall, and we were like, wow, that's really scary. Hope he's okay. They go to commercial. They come back, and he's still down. You see all the Bills players' reactions, and it was like, okay, wow. Like something really, really bad is going to happen or happened and is currently happening. Absolutely terrible. They end up canceling the game. I think everybody was just stunned. Everyone was stunned at what just happened. Everybody wanted to make sure he was okay. Everybody understood that they were going to call the game off. I think that was the appropriate and right way to do things. I think, honestly, they waited a little too long. I don't know. There was talks about whether it was ESPN because Joe Buck was commentating and reporting things that the NFL had told the teams, hey, you got five minutes to warm up. You saw Joe Burrow on the sidelines getting his arm loose. You saw Stefan Diggs on the Bills sideline, kind of getting everybody pumped up. And then the NFL came out and said, no, he didn't say that. And then ESPN was like, well, 
we only were reporting on things that we were told. We have headsets on. We heard it all. So who knows what happened? Everything that happened after the game following up was was great. Nobody was upset. Skip Bayless, the jackass he is, ends up tweeting some insensitive thing where he just kind of dives right into it and just says something. Rather than focusing on Hamlin being hurt and hoping he was okay, in his initial tweet, he said something about, like, what's going to happen? Like, NFL needs to play this game. This is a big week. Everybody knew that, but you don't say it. His ti- Timing is everything. He then followed up his tweet after he got absolutely dragged through the mud by saying, I hope Hamlin's okay, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Skip Bayless sucks. But nobody really thought about fantasy football, at least not for like the hour or so after. So me and Derek, who I'm playing against in our league, we start texting like, dude, what happened? And how do we approach this? Like, how do we handle this? So we end up splitting 50-50. Now, I didn't mention this last week, uh, but I jumped on uh, the TSS Fantasy guys have a weekly episode, uh, YouTube show, podcast, and shout out to those guys real fast. Awesome show. I love being on. We gave a breakdown of every matchup that week and kind of fantasy-wise, and it was really, really fun. I I enjoyed doing that. Um, Just had to give them a shout out. So Derek and I decide, we're like, okay, look. Joe Burrow started out, I mean, he came out of the gate hot. He had 11.7 points right before that injury happened. So the odds of Derek beating me were very high. I was most likely going to lose. So we're still trying to decide, do we split it? What do we do? What do we do? And I get an email later that night from ESPN at like 2 a.m. that says, hey, congrats, champ. Like, you're the the winner of the league. Like, what? And then I got an email from Yahoo as well. I'm in another league in Yahoo that just says, hey, we're canceling the points of this week for that game and the season ends, public and private leagues. You guys obviously are in your own leagues. You've got your own commissioners. You can handle things that way. Crazy. So we decided to split things 50-50. It's the only thing that felt right to do. But I want to know what you guys ended up doing with your fantasy leagues. Like, how did you end it? Uh, I talked with a few of you on Twitter who said you guys did the same thing. My buddy Tanner told me they just extended it to this week, which kind of seemed a little weird. Um, but again, like what a wild ending to fantasy. And also at the same time, like I said, I feel stupid even talking about fantasy. I'm only doing it because I know Hamlin is, is doing so much better and is okay. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter. It's fantasy football. Like, I mean, our pot was relatively big, but at the end of the day, like $2,400 stacked up against a guy's life. Uh, not really a fair comparison. So I'm very glad Hamlin's doing okay. Obviously, it's been a very cool thing to see the entire nation, everybody rally around him, not just the NFL world, like sports, everybody. Uh, my buddy Jake Murphy tweeted something out and said, it's been so cool seeing the entire nation come together on this. It doesn't matter what your vaccine status is. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican or what you believe politically. Like, everybody came together. Everybody was united in this one thing. And what sucks is that happens whenever there's a tragedy. So he was just saying in his tweet, like, I hope that it, we can continue this and it doesn't take another tragedy to unite everybody. But again, pretty awesome. I'm very glad he's doing okay. And uh, like I said, it's much, much bigger than fantasy football. So glad Hamlin's doing okay. Now we got to talk about football. Even if you don't love sports, you had to love what happened in Buffalo today. The very first play after the game is canceled for the Buffalo Bills, Hines ends up running the kickoff back. The very first play. It was unbelievable. I like to do this thing, like why we love sports today, anytime there's like a cool or emotional moment, and this was one of them. Like, unbelievable. I'm about to play the clip because 
Jim Nance and Tony Romo, their call was so amazing. Uh, I got to throw it on there. So here, here's the clip. And I know this is your time. You'd like to keep us updated. Yeah, we'll keep everybody posted on Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Miami and the Jets were underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. I mean, how does it get better than that? It doesn't. The roar of the crowd, I don't care. I'm going to play another audio clip uh, later on this episode. But the roar of the crowd at any sporting event when something like that happens is unbelievable. But stacked up with everything that Buffalo has gone through, their whole team, everything like that is just unbelievable. Going to play another little clip here because Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback, who is their captain, their leader, uh, was asked about that play. And I just thought his response was amazing. So listen to what he says. I can't remember a play that touched me like that, and I don't think in my life. So it's, it's probably number one. It, 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 was, it was just spiritual, and I just, I was going around, and I just, I mean, I was going around my team and saying, God's real. Like, you can't, you can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. I mean, that's unbelievable. So the Bills are the Bills are almost impossible to root against. I think they're so sweet, uh, and especially with all of this, I mean, nobody wants to play. Uh, nobody wanted to play the Bills anyway, but now that they're just playing even more inspired for their guy Hamlin, like I don't know, amazing. But I, I don't know how you can't love sports after seeing something happen like that. It's just unbelievable. So we got to let's talk about the rest of the NFL. Today the Eagles clinched the number uh, the, the number 1 seed in the NFC, which is huge, especially after the last couple weeks. They're getting healthy at the right time, which is the name of the game. CJ uh CJ Gardner-Johnson, he's back. Defense looked good against the New York Giants fifth stringers. Uh so tough. The offense looked stagnant. It was Hurts' obviously first game back. You knew that he wasn't going to run. So a lot of those RPOs like if you're a defender, you knew that he was going to hand it off. Or if he did scramble, he's just going to throw it away. He wanted no part of running. And that's not Jalen Hurts. But obviously, he's playing smart because the last thing you want is to re-hurt that shoulder going into the playoffs. He did have one bad throw that resulted in a pick in the end zone uh, that was not great. Otherwise, he looked good. Like, I, I feel okay. I feel good going in. A lot of, of course, it's Philly, right? So, Philly media is going to be a little bit more harsh. And uh, they are. They're saying, hey, we didn't look like a playoff team going into the playoffs. Here's the good news. They got a bye. Birds have a bye the first round. It's going to be nice. Sit back. Let that shoulder heal even more. I think everything is going to be okay. I think game one, no matter who we end up playing, we are going to see Jalen Hurts as we know. I'm not kidding. There were a couple scrambles. Uh, I watched the game with my father-in-law. There were a couple scrambles where both of us were like, Hurts would realistically, if like he would score there or he would have picked up the first down there. So I'm not worried because I, I he's going to give it all in his play in the playoffs and zero uh, percent worried about that. Here's a little playoff picture. We'll start in the AFC. The Chiefs they capture the one seed. They get a bye. The Chargers play at the Jaguars, which is a fun matchup. I think both teams are sweet. Shout out former Eagle head coach Doug Peterson leading the Jags back to the playoffs. Very cool. Ravens are at the Bengals. Uh, the Ravens did not look great today, but they were on their third string quarterback, so can't really blame them there. That's going to be a good game. I think Lamar Jackson might be back for that, which changes everything. 
Uh, the Dolphins are at the Bills. Shout out my guy Davs with the Dolphins. Uh, I think that's also going to be a good game. Truly, if Tua's back, that's a game, and I'm excited to see it. Flipping to the NFC side, obviously, as we mentioned, the Birds get the first seed, got the bye. The Cowboys, who looked just hilariously bad against <laughs> against Washington today, uh, they are at the Bucks. Tough matchup for them first round. Uh, the Bucks, you have Tom Brady, you're in the playoffs. You feel good about that. The Giants are at the Vikings, and either the Seahawks or Packers are at the Niners. I am headed to Wendover, one of the saddest places on earth, uh, here on Friday with my father-in-law. We're going to throw some money down for the first round of the playoffs, some parlays. You know I have to put money on the birds to win it all. Uh, But the only other game I like, and I think their odds are going to be good, I like the Giants at the Vikings. I've been saying it all year. I think the Vikings are suspect. I think they are overrated. A lot of their wins, they were trailing in the fourth quarter, and I don't think that that is sustainable. That's one game I'm going to keep an eye on. We have to talk about it, and that is the Rose Bowl. Hurts my soul, but hey, let's let's chat because I know I know a lot of you are Penn State uh, fans. Um, fun game for the first half, and the second half. Once Cam Rising, Utah starting quarterback, went down, uh, I knew it was over. Especially watching our backup Bryson Barnes come in and just lob ball up after ball up after ball up. Uh, then it wasn't a good sign. I would have loved to see Nate Johnson, Utah's freshman quarterback, get a shot especially after a first few of those series with Barnes didn't look good. But anyway, that is, that's besides the point because Utah didn't look great with Cam rising in his stats were not good, but when you have him in, he's your leader. He's your starting quarterback. You've always got a shot. Utah's defense was horrendous, which is hilarious because that's been our calling card all year. And it was bad. It always happens. Always, always. You can go back a few episodes talking about Utah's defense it always happens. The big plays always happen on third and long. That's exactly what happened. Really long run for a touchdown and a long pass, like deep into Penn State's territory on, on third and long. And those are daggers. Those are killers. I don't know how you get momentum back after that, especially after the defense has done their job. Then you give up a big play and you have no chance. So brutal. Uh, it really sucks to go to the Rose Bowl back-to-back years and lose both of them. Um this game wasn't really even like a fun game in the second half. Uh, Penn State just kind of blew the doors open. And it sucks. There's still no news about Cam Rising. I don't want to speculate, but everybody watching and seeing his reaction and coming back out in street clothes, most likely an ACL. And then Kyle Whittingham had some quotes after the game saying, looks like he's going to be out a while. So that sucks because you don't want your guy to tear an ACL ever. But especially a dude who is on the fence about whether to come back his senior year or give the NFL a go, trying to debate, decides to play in the Rose Bowl, and then this happens. That is just the worst. Similar thing, uh, Utah tight end Brent Keithy, same deal. Could have got drafted last year, decided to come back, and tears his ACL against Arizona. Like, that That just sucks. That's just the worst luck. Uh, the selfish side of me, I hope Cam and Keithy come back. And kind of all signs are pointing to that, but I don't know. It's brutal. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Clark Phillips, our stud, first-round talent, uh, DB, he decided to sit out. I can't really blame him, but I will say this. It definitely showed. When you're missing a first-round talent at cornerback and your defense just gets burned and burned and burned and burned, you can't help but think of that, and that sucks. Again, I don't blame him, but as a fan... Would have loved to see him in there. And also, just shout out Dalton Kincaid again because he is the best tight end in the entire nation. I don't care what anybody says. 
and he is also going to be an absolute steal and an absolute beast for an NFL team, and I'm excited to see it. But that's the Rose Bowl. Fun, fun that Utah made it, especially when things looked really dire. We win the Pac-12 again. Our recruiting class coming into next year is going to be unbelievable. So I hope we get Keithy back. I hope we get Rising back, but time will tell. Shout out Penn State, though. Shout out all you uh, Penn State fans. Congratulations on the win. Very exciting. It felt like your quarterback. This was his, like, 10th year at the school. So glad he is uh, riding off into the sunset. (laughs) For real, though, congrats to uh, all my Penn State listeners. Okay, friends. By now you know I'm a huge fan of Griffles Plasma. But you may not know why I'm a fan. I mean, when I started donating plasma, I literally had no idea why I was giving. Where my plasma went, who it helped, if anybody, none of it, nada. But later, my dad had surgery and complications that he battled for like 14 years. That's when I learned all about plasma. And my whole family got on the plasma donation roster. Why? Because plasma makes medicines. And anyone, you, me, a friend, family member, heck, even an all-star shooting guard, anyone could need plasma medicine at any time. So if you're looking to help somebody, if you want to show your good side, give plasma. Sure, you get compensated every donation, but this is about so much more. Learn how plasma helps people and find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. Tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. There's genuinely few things I love more than a quality shirt that represents my squads that I can wear any day of the week. My guys over at Die Hard Addicts have some of the best Philly sports shirts you could ever dream of. Whether it's the Sixers, the Phillies, the Birds, they've got you covered with all things Philly sports. We're not talking those like cheap, thin quality shirts either. They've got heavy-duty, good quality graphic tees that are money. I just scored the Princess Diana shirt for her wearing that Birds jacket. Couldn't possibly love it more. Hit them up on Instagram at DieHardAddicts or visit them at their website at www.DieHardAddicts.com. When you find something you like, use code JOSH24 for 10% off your order. Diehard Addicts, providing diehards custom gear to support their addiction. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? Are you tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf take the sting out of caring for your lawn. So let's dive into the NBA, and we have to start with Donovan Mitchell's 71-point game. What in the world? Donovan became the seventh player in NBA history to score 70 or more, fifth player since Wilt Chamberlain did it. He scored or assisted on 99 points. That's the second most in NBA history behind Surprise, Wilt Chamberlain again, who had 104. Now, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Wilt Chamberlain records are hilarious because he, they literally had to put rules into the game because of him. So take that for what it's worth. But the fact that he had 71 points 
and scored or assisted on 99 points is truly unbelievable. And it also could not have happened at a worse time. Nobody cared. Nobody paid attention. All the attention, rightfully so, was being paid and focused on Demar Hamlin and his health, injury, all that jazz. But we got to take a step back and we got to look at it a little bit further because 71 points is it's nutty. It's crazy. Donovan was 22 for 34 from the field. He was 7 for 15 from 3. He was 20 for 25 from the line. Shout out big time Donovan for getting to the line 25 times. That's incredible, especially for him. He did all of it in 49 minutes. It's amazing. Donovan makes his return to Utah on Tuesday, and I am very curious what we're going to see. A lot of boos, a lot of cheers. What do you do? He technically didn't force his way out of Utah, even though a lot of Jazz fans think he did or he was going to leave anyway. What happens? Especially after his last interview, which wasn't great. Kind of felt like a trap in some of those questions, but everything he said did not do Utah any favors or make them look good. And I think it's not going to get him much love. But I think it will still be a mixed bag. There will be fans who cheer. There will be fans who boo. I do, however, think that he goes off. I think he has another big, big night. Obviously not 71 points big, but still, keep an eye on that. I don't think anybody will be surprised if Donovan Mitchell has a big revenge game coming back to Utah. Incredible. I can't I can't believe it. Uh, yes, he had overtime. Still, 71 is insane. Let's look at the Brooklyn Nets. Because the Brooklyn Nets have been balling out. We were crushing them. Everybody was crushing them earlier in the season, and rightfully so. With the whole Kyrie drama, everything like that, Ben Simmons, just hilarious. There was some stat that said that they hadn't won a game uh, when Ben Simmons made a free throw or something really funny like that. Anyway, they've won 14 out of their last 15 games. They are playing excellent, excellent basketball. And what really is unfortunate and what really sucks is Kevin Durant just went down tonight with an injury, and it I don't want to speculate. Again, it looked terrible. It it looked really, really bad. Jimmy Butler went up, contested shot at the rim, fell down, hit the side of Durant's knee. If I had to put money on it, I would guess he's out for a bit. Hopefully just a bit and not a long time because that sucks, especially a dude who's gone through long and big injuries with his Achilles and things like that with Kevin Durant. He's got an MRI they announced coming up on Monday, so prayers up to KD because they have been balling out. They're second in the East by a full game ahead of Milwaukee, who has been sliding as well, but unbelievable. They've been playing great basketball, but shout out and prayers, thoughts, all that stuff to Kevin Durant because we don't want to see him hurt. We got to focus on the Utah Jazz here a little bit. They lost to Memphis tonight. They're in a three-way tie for 10th with Minnesota and the Lakers. They, they do have the tiebreaker, so they're in 10th. Uh, they are exactly where the start of the season, the off season, they're exactly where I said I was afraid for them to be. And that's right in no man's land where you're fighting for the last play in spot. It, whether you get it or not, it's not a fun spot to be. Look, it's cool because nobody on earth expected you to be here. That's great. But it's also really, really sucky. It really sucks. You have to believe that they're sellers at the deadline, but who knows? Uh, there was a, a report that came out, I believe from Mark Stein that Jordan Clarkson's turned down multiple contract extensions with the, uh, with the jazz. He's also, uh, squared up a few times. <laughs> he, he got kicked out of tonight's game. He took a swing at Desmond Bain's head, got a flagrant two and kicked out. But immediately after he fouled him, he knew what he did because after he fouled him, Jaron Jackson jr. Just kind of like started walking towards him. And really it looked like before he could even say anything. 
Clarkson's already squaring up, which is hilarious. I love Clarkson. I'm a huge fan, but I thought that was really, really funny, uh, especially because it's the second time that he's done it. But looking at the Clarkson deal, you got to believe he gets traded, especially if he's turning down these extensions. He's getting older later in his career. He is the definition of a guy who could help a contender. Instant offense, a guy who can hold down the second unit. What he showed he can do this year is much more than just a microwave, come in and heat it up quick. He is actually a playmaker. He can make plays, not just for himself, but for his teammates. I got to believe that they move him. I got to believe that they're sellers for basically everybody but Laurie Markkinen, who, by the way, is absolutely an all-star. There is no debate. If you don't think he is, debate a wall. You're wrong. He is an all-star. He is, we've been talking, me and my friends have been talking about this. A couple of them are big jazz fans. My friend Skitty was just basically saying, hey, it's awesome that we at least got something back for Donovan Mitchell with picks. And I agree. He is, is he a solid number one option on a contending team? No, of course he's not. But he is a solid, especially if he can continue playing like he has this year, he is a solid second or third option on a good team, a good playoff team. So of course that's awesome that you got him back for Donovan Mitchell, who I would argue is a number two option going into the season himself. But what he showed he's doing this year in Cleveland, taking his game to a whole other level, even though his stats look very similar, but just seeing what he's doing on a better Cavs roster, uh, I would say he's the number one option. And that's what makes the Cavs so scary in the East. But shout out Laurie Markkinen. You are an all-star. No questions about it. But watch the Jazz. I think they are sellers at the deadline. Speaking of sellers, I'm going to flip side to buyers, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. Who do they get? Do they go after Clarkson? Kind of fill that role that Brunson played when Luka's off the court? Do you have Clarkson come in and kind of handle things? A dude who can get his at any time. Do exactly what Brunson did for them last year. Do you go get a Bogdanovich from Detroit, former Jazz guy, who would fit perfectly with Luka? His game would complement Luka's so well. Luka is just continuing his MVP tour. He's doing everything that he can and dominating. He has the Mavs fourth right now in the West with a a very comfortable two-game lead. They will be buyers at the deadline. Mark my words, if they're not, sell the team, Cuban. You are, it, it, it's a dumpster fire if you waste this year of Lucas. We'll stay in the West. What's happening with the Phoenix Suns? Shout out my homie Courtney on Twitter. I know they're your squad, but what is going on? I know that Devin Booker's out, but this team looks completely lost without him. Not even close. Looks just so lost. They need real help. This Jay Crowder situation is weird. At some point, it's going to resolve itself. You think closer to the deadline, something's going to happen. We'll see. As I say this, they literally just lost to the Cleveland Cavs again. Darius Garland's back. They are in trouble. They're currently in seventh. Seventh place. They are below 500 now. They're 20 and 21. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. My buddy Jordan Karchner, he covers the the Suns. We got to have him on here to, to dive deeper into it because it, that's bad. I, I mean, you look at the Sixers, and we'll talk about them in a sec, but when, when Embiid is out, they still can win games. When Booker is out, yikes. Nightmare. Not good. Let's talk about the Sixers. Let's do it. Here we go. James Harden tonight had a triple-double. Well, not tonight. It was a day game. He had a triple-double in only 28 minutes, and nobody said a word. Nobody. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares. Nothing. If that was Jokic or Giannis, it would be plastered everywhere. Bleacher Report, ESPN, every account you can think of would say, wow, look what they did in 28 minutes. Uh, Stat Muse posted some BS stat the other day about Jokic having this hilarious stat line in like 10 minutes. Who cares? 
They care. Clearly, I am 99% sure that one of Jokic's brothers is actually running that account. And I've said it multiple times, but I really believe it. Unbelievable. Anyway, James Harden, he's playing very, very well. Great game for him today, especially with him beat out. But not only is it Harden, it is a, it's the whole roster. Montrez Harrell is playing the best basketball in a Sixers uniform by far. He had 20 today. He was 8 for 11 from the field. And you take a step back just a couple games ago in a comeback overtime win against Indy. He had 19, 8 of 9 from the field. Gutsy team win with no Embiid. I am very, very happy. And if you're a Sixers fan, you have to be thrilled with how this team is playing. You can tell, unlike other seasons, that everybody genuinely gets along. Nobody's hanging their heads. Nothing like that. I mentioned it last week, but they're about to go on a West Coast swing. Before they do so, they've got Detroit and OKC at home Tuesday and Thursday. And then on the West Coast swing, it gets a little crazy. You've got Utah, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, and the Kings, who are all good teams. Yeah, you could argue the Blazers aren't that good just because with everything going on, it is a little bit, uh, they're lower in the standings, but still, they are good. And that that stretch is going to be very interesting. I am very, very curious to see what that looks like uh, because they come right back home and they play against Brooklyn and Denver, who is going to be, those are good games, and you want to come back home and play those good teams coming off of some momentum on the road. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, Maxie's back. He's back into the swing of things. Thank goodness. It makes me very happy. Love Maxie, the happiest player in the entire NBA. So mentioned him earlier, but we got to talk about the Lakers. Uh, what does LeBron do? Like Anthony Davis, he's got to be coming back at some time soon. But even when he comes back, you can't rely on him because we've talked about it all the time. Mr. Glass gets hurt constantly. LeBron is balling out. What he's doing at his age is Absolutely incredible. He had that one-on-one interview on ESPN where he basically had a quote saying like, you know what needs to happen when they asked him about what the Lakers need to do. Trade. Trade your picks. Go get some guys. There are rumors and rumblings that he's going to either request a trade or demand a trade in the offseason if they don't do something. Can you blame the guy? You can't. Of course it's LeBron, so he'll get hate no matter what he does. But I can't blame the guy. I've said it for forever. He's going to play with Bronny wherever Bronny goes. But guess what? That's not for another year. Bronny's going to go one and done at some college. And then LeBron's going to go wherever he goes. That's going to happen. But you can't blame LeBron for no matter what he decides to do. You can't do it. I don't know. I, I honestly feel bad for him. Him and West, also shout out Westbrook because he has really taken on the role of whatever's asked of him, whether that's coming off the bench or starting. It changes every night. He's playing really well. I don't know if you guys watch Lakers basketball on the East Coast. It's almost impossible because the games tip off at like 1030 Eastern. But still, they are playing good ball. They're getting some momentum. LeBron is just balling out. And I don't I don't blame him. No matter what he does, I don't blame him. So we got to end with this. You guys know I'm a New, uh, New Jersey Devils fan. The Devils just won probably the funnest game of the entire season so far. A huge come-from-behind win against the rival New York Rangers. It was at home at the Potential Center in Newark, New Jersey. And Damon Severson had the game winner in overtime. We're going to play that in a sec. But we got to talk about Jack Hughes. He is an absolute freak of nature. He's my favorite hockey player, not even close. And maybe it's because we share a birthday. I just happen to be 10 years older than him, which scares me every time that I think of that. But he scored his 25th and 26th goals of the season. Uh, yesterday against the Rangers, that tied his career high. There are nine games left before the All-Star break, and he's already tied his career high of goals with 26. 
Every time the dude touches the puck, something electric happens. He is It's like watching Connor McDavid where he's just faster. His hands are just so soft and silky smooth that every time he touches it, you know something unbelievable is going to happen. Jack is the exact same way. And I love it because he gets his. He shoots. He has a ton of shots on goal. I think he had 11 shots on goal against the Rangers. I love it. Anyway, it makes me so happy. I've given him a shout-out before, but shout-out Norm. Shout-out Jake. This season is so much fun. So damn fun. And I want to give a shout-out currently to Devil's commentator. This is his first year. Bill Spaulding is his name. He had big shoes to fill coming in. Everybody loved the voice of the Devils. And he is absolutely killing it. Here's the audio clip from Severson's overtime goal. Again, I mentioned it earlier, but the roar of the crowd is just unbelievable, no matter what sport. But in overtime three-on-three hockey, it's just a little bit different. Uh, it hits a little different, especially in a rivalry game like this. And just listen to it. You you can hear the reaction off of a Severson unbelievable defensive play, and then a two-on-one for the Devils. Uh, please, Mr. Spalding, take it away. Severson with a tremendous play on lock from the air, and then Sharon Govich pumps him down. Two-on-one, Severson. Severson is Best ever. If you're not a hockey fan, this is your sign to start watching hockey. And if you need a team to watch, watch the New Jersey Devils. Basically, every game is on ESPN+. Plus. Seriously, you will not regret it. It is so fun. And if you're looking for a team, I highly recommend the Devils. Anyway, that's all I got for you guys. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Uh, again, big things headed uh, really, really soon, coming up soon. Um Hopefully more with uh, Liberty Ballers, some new sponsors, as I mentioned, some video content. We're doing all of it. This is the year, 2023. It's going to be big. And again, as I say every single episode, none of it would be possible without you guys. So shout out to everybody who listens. Shout out to my sponsors. Literally all of this. I love that I get to do this. So much fun. Again, hope you all have a fantastic week. You're the greatest. Like, subscribe, review. Do all that if you haven't. Be nice to each other. And uh, that's ball, folks. 